Our episode today is part eight of our Getting Over It series, and today we're going to be discussing greed. Thank you guys so much for joining in on today's episode. We are in part eight of our Getting Over It series that's going to carry us through to the end of 2020. And today we're discussing biblical and spiritual advice to help us get over greed, which is a selfish desire for something, or covetousness, which is a yearning to possess or have something that you do not currently have. There is a difference, however, between setting goals either financially or materialistic goals, and working toward that goal versus operating in a spirit of greed or covetousness where you selfishly pursue something to an extent where that thing or that achievement usurps your relationship with Christ. There are many verses in the Bible that teaches us that it's okay to set goals. There's nothing wrong with that. Second Chronicles 15 verse 7, But as for you, be strong and do not give up, for your work will be rewarded. Proverbs 24, 27 also says, Put your outdoor work in order and get your fields ready. After that, build your house. Both of those scriptures, among many others, teaches us that setting goals, be that financial or materialistic goals, is biblically okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And there are many other verses in Proverbs that teaches us that ultimately it's the Lord's plans that will prevail as well. Proverbs 19, 21. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that will prevail. It's important as a believer to seek the will of God toward whatever it is that we're pursuing and to ensure that that thing is the will of God in your life, and prayer will help provide that discernment. The fact is that God wants you to live a life of prosperity in this life. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above. God wants you to be successful in this life as well, but there's always a balance here Because that thought process has led to prosperity preaching where everything revolves around your finances and everything revolves around your financial wealth. And there's been many preachers and and prosperity preaching that has built their ministry around this topic. And we've got to be careful with that. We must be careful to not find ourselves in a ditch on either side of this argument. When we think about greed, you know, when we think about financial wealth, it's easy to let greed and covetousness seep into to our, our life's endeavors. We must work for success, but don't let that work or that love of wealth overwhelm you. Committing your work to God will help you establish your success. And there's many other verses out there about the love of money and and how dangerous that can be, and we're going to talk about some of that today. Proverbs 16 verse 3 says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and He will establish your plans. The absence of prayer and the pursuit of meeting your heart's desires, especially if it's contrary to the Word of God, that's where greed enters in and turns whatever it is you're searching for, whatever it is that you're pursuing, into an idol. Colossians 3 verse 5 says, Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil, desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. And idols today are not wooden images that we carve out and and we bow down and worship to. They're also not golden calves that we read about in the Old Testament, where the people of Israel would bow down and worship to, to that golden calf. Idols today are much more covert. And they're much more deceptive. In this modern era, idols can be anything that sits on the throne of your heart in place of the Lord. And money is a great example of that. 
And that's what we're kind of diving into today. Many times people pursue money to the extent where they may neglect their family or even ruin their family in their pursuit towards wealth. They may even place their pursuit of worldly possessions in their heart over the pursuit of God. A lot of times this pursuit can turn into addiction. That's where we come into issues with gambling and, and things of that nature. Ultimately, our main pursuit must be the pursuit of Christ. Like the verse we just read, commit to the Lord and he'll establish your plans. And Jeremiah 17 verse 7, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Does that mean we shouldn't work or strive to make money to provide for our family or or not seek possessions? No, that's not that's not the point. The point is the the balance here. And the point is how much value these things or that monetary reward has on you personally and in your heart? Do you live, breathe, eat, and sleep where the constant thought in your mind and spirit is how to gain in this life? Or what you can do to get the next thing or reach for those things that you believe will satisfy your flesh? If you you answer yes to either one of those questions, then it's likely that thing may be becoming an idol in your heart. Now, I'm really hammering this down because the fact is that many people read the Old Testament, and when you talk about idols, there's kind of a a, a mockery or a a laughter around that because the fact of the matter is is that today we don't see people worshiping golden calves or wooden images around us anymore. That's, That's not present in the New Covenant. And this could not be farther from the truth. Even though we're not worshiping those things physically, there is still idols in our life, and things, and and often money, can be that idol. The main differentiation is when you're wanting something turns into a type of envy or covetousness. Envying something you don't have and selfishly pursuing that thing is what leads us into trouble. Greed and the pursuit of things in this life is not what our lives are about. God wants us to get over greed and covetousness and instead look to Him as the author and the finisher of our faith. Thou shalt not covet is even one of the Ten Commandments as well. Luke 12, 15, And He said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. That's a word of wisdom right now, and there's a reason, you know, thinking about money that we read in Timothy that money's the root of all evil. And that leads us to our first point. We've got a few points we want to cover today. Point number one being appreciate the wealth of salvation in Jesus. Hebrews 13 verse 5 says, Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. The level of our appreciation to God for His salvation toward us should be manifested through our diligence in pursuing Him through both prayer and reading the Word and also praise and worship. We we can't neglect praise and worship. Psalms 9, verses 1 through 2, I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all the marvelous things you have done. I will be filled with joy because of you. I will sing praises to your name, O Most High. Psalms 95, Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to Him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to Him. For the Lord is a great God, a great King above all gods. This is the mindset 
of one who appreciates the God of their salvation. And it's the first point to help us get over greed. It's the mindset of one who looks to the Lord more than looking to the world and what the world may have to offer in this present life. Romans 12 teaches us to not be conformed by this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And we're also told in Scripture to put our affections on heavenly things. What, what's that mean? This means to look to God for our salvation. This means to praise His name. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. By doing so, we transcend our thinking off of what this world has to offer and instead reflect on God. He's worthy to be praised. Consider what He saved you from. Consider what He delivered you from. Consider what He healed you from. That right there usurps wealth and possessions. All of these things are better than the greed of money. All of these things are better than material things. All of these things are worthy to praise His name. And by doing so, I believe that this is the first step to help us get over greed. It's all about our attitude. It's all about our posture and our mindset if we really want to get over it. We have to take action in order to help the Lord deliver us. We have to change our attitude, our posture, and our mindset. It's all about how we operate and function in this earthly realm. And that leads us to our next point. Point number two, trust in God to supply all your needs. Philippians 4.19 says, And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. This is a continuation from our first point. It's, it grows. It's progressive. Again here, it's all about your posture and your mindset. When you acknowledge the Lord as the rock of your salvation, then you begin to understand that it's the Lord who supplies all our needs in the first place. If the Lord cares for the sparrow, then how much more does he care for you? Greed is the enemy telling you that you can get more and that you deserve more. Greed is the enemy telling you that what the Lord provides is not sufficient compared to what the world has to offer. And this could not be farther from the truth. The Lord gives salvation. The Lord gives grace and mercy and covers all your sins. He's your redeemer. He's your shelter and your buckler. I will lift up my eyes up to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. The Lord picked you out of the miry clay and set your feet upon the rock. And Christ is that chief cornerstone of our faith. As soon as we adopt this mindset, we realize at the end of the day, He's our source. Money's not our source. Possessions are not our source. A nice car or an or a big house pales in comparison to what the Lord provides. In the latter years of King Solomon's life, we read words of wisdom that he wrote down in the book of Ecclesiastes. And he wrote that all things are vanity. Chasing things are like chasing the wind. It all means nothing in comparison to what the king has to offer. If you think about it, when you die and step into eternity, you you can't take your possessions with you. You can't take your money with you. Does that mean that we should walk around waiting for our life to end because nothing down here is relative or important? No, that's not what that means. We, you, you have a kingdom purpose while you're on this earth. And I believe each and every one of us is here for a reason and that we have an assignment to fulfill in this life set by the Father above. And that desire, that purpose is not to endlessly pursue things of this earth, wealth and possessions. Today we're living in a dark, gloomy land where the seed of God needs to be planted. And we need to work the land to prepare for His harvest. 
accumulating things in this life may seem fun. It may satisfy your flesh for a season, but you're always going to want more. You're never going to be truly satisfied. We must set our sights on things that are above, and even though we may be in need down here, don't let the pursuit of fulfilling your needs or desires turn into a path of greed or envy or covetousness. Remember the words of Solomon that all is vanity. Chasing after this world system is like chasing after the wind. It's nothing compared to your eternal reward. Hold fast to the kingdom of God. Pursue Christ instead of pursuing things. Because He alone is our source and He alone can satisfy that deep desire in our heart. Point number three, just like we've mentioned in previous episodes, especially in this season, Remember that searching and grabbing after things of this earth will only satisfy the flesh, and the flesh can truly never be satisfied. I mentioned that just a moment ago, and I've, like I said, I've said it in previous episodes on this podcast, and I know I've said it in this particular series, that the flesh can never be satisfied. That's what the Bible teaches. If you desire something and you achieve that thing, be it wealth or possessions, at the end of that season, you're only going to want more. It may not happen immediately, it may not happen in this season, but eventually you're going to want to grow. You're going to want to you're going to desire more things to go a little bit farther, to go a little bit deeper. Because the fact of the matter is that your flesh can never be satisfied. If you're using this world system to fill the desires of your heart, you're always going to come up short. Nothing in this world can fill the hole in your heart better than Jesus. The Lord alone is the satisfaction of our souls. Psalm 16:11 says, "You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever." His presence satisfies your soul more than anything this world can offer. Hebrews 13:5, "Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you." This promise delivers so much more than monetary wealth can provide. He says, "Be content with what you have." Why? Because he's never going to leave you or forsake you. A lot of times we may find ourselves with more month than we have money, but the word says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Somehow things have a way of working itself out. It may not you may not see that right now. Maybe maybe you'll come through it on the other side and and see God in the situation, but maybe right now you you feel like he's nowhere to be found. And that's something that a lot of people may feel in the middle of their storm. But God's with you. He's never going to forsake you. This promise reminds me that he's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. This reminds me that he leads me beside still waters. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths. He prepares the feast for me in the presence of my enemies. He honors me by anointing my head with oil. My cup runs over. These verses prove what I said earlier. He's our source. Notice in each one of those lines that I read from Psalms 23, it says that the deliverance of these promises are given to us by Him. Not money, not wealth, not things, not people, but Him and Him alone delivers the promises to us. He prepares the feast for me in the presence of my enemies. He leads me beside steel waters. He renews my strength. Chasing after the flesh will always leave you wanting more. And the pursuit of the flesh is a perpetual notion. It's progressive. Like I said, you're always going to, it's like a gateway drug, if you will. You're always going to want more of it. 
whatever it is you're pursuing. It starts out small, but when you achieve that small thing, you you get a, a kind of a desire to want to go further, to want to do more. You know, you achieve that thing. What else can you achieve? And you and you grow deeper and deeper into that rabbit hole. And before you know it, that thing is sitting on the throne of your heart. Not God anymore. That thing is because that satisfaction that you felt for a moment has put such a desire in your heart that now that's your source, not God. And that's idolatry. When we consider this season, getting over it, there's a common theme that I hope everyone has been picking up on so far. We're eight episodes in so far. I hope you've picked up on this, that he's the answer to everything we struggle with. No matter what it is, addiction, anger, jealousy, anxiety, depression, lust, suicidal thoughts, or today, greed. He and he alone is the answer for complete deliverance. There are many other struggles that I'm not going to be addressing in this series because honestly, it could (laughs) go on forever and ever. But if I haven't mentioned your vice, your struggle right now, you know what your issue is. And the answer is the same. No matter what you're struggling with, no matter what your past reminds you of, no matter what your, your storm is right now, your perpetual, the the sin that so easily besets you, no matter what it is, He is your answer. He is your deliverer. And when you call upon Him, seek His face, pray, and turn from your wicked ways, He's going to hear from heaven, and He's going to heal your land. Why do I say that so confidently? Because that's what the Bible says. Your body, soul, and spirit is the land that you carry around each and every day. And the Word says He'll heal your land. Turn to him, friends, and I believe that he will heal your land. I believe it because, like I said, that's what it says. And the Bible says that his word will not return void. People will betray us every day. People will disappoint us every day. People will break promises every day. But God won't. God's faithful. He's faithful to forgive us. He's faithful to deliver us from these struggles. The Word says He's never going to leave us nor forsake us. Call upon Him. If greed is your vice, then I pray that you found some encouragement in, in today's episode. I pray that you acknowledge the gift of salvation and how God will supply your every need. And I pray that you acknowledge that pursuing fleshly desires is like chasing the wind. You'll never catch the satisfaction that you're chasing after. That itch will always want to be scratched, whatever your itch is. He is the answer to all of our problems. And I believe that these steps are three very easy steps to help us get over greed. And the root of all three of these steps is our mindset, our posture, our attitude, our desire, turning to God instead of the world. Ecclesiastes 5.10 says, He who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver, nor he who loves abundance with increase. This also is vanity. Now I'll leave you with two more verses today. Psalms 84:11 For the Lord God is a sun and shield the Lord bestows favor and honor no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly In Romans 8:32 He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all how will he not also with him graciously give us all things God will always be faithful to us friends Stay strong in the faith and I look forward to talking to you next time